0: This is a headgum podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm
1: your other guest host, Andrew.
0: That's right, folks. Returning for his second stint as guest host on the Complete Guide to Everything um, from the hit podcast, Punch Up the Jam, and the Gregory Brothers, Here, here he is, Andrew Gregory. I mean, you just said your name. I guess everybody knows who you are.
1: Well, I didn't say my last name, though. No, I know that you've taken great pains to keep your name secret, Tim. But if I slip and accidentally call you Timothy during the podcast, is that okay? Will that? Oh, we'll away... bleep that. I'll, I'll bleep okay. the O. Um, that. okay. I, I know you've. I know you're taking great pains to to make sure your fans don't know your your real your real name is Timothy and not Tim.
0: Yeah, another that's more editing work I have to do now. Thank you. Thank you for that, Andrew. Um,
1: you know I don't want to. I don't want to pimp my podcast out too much, Tim. But I will say our podcast is the only podcast that has made. An explicit pledge to never uh, say that we're going to edit something out and then not edit it out later. Right? Yeah, okay. we made we made that we made that pledge the first well, uh, first what? episode.
0: We this show's been uh, going since two thousand nine, so that was like a novel. That was a fresh joke when we started. <laughs> when we started, doing you guys it. you guys probably
1: we're, invented that joke.
0: We're grandfathered in. We 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 do all this stuff. Hey, uh, a hangout podcast of two guys talking about uh, nothing for about an hour. Yeah, you can't launch one of those in twenty twenty two two thousand nine. The biggest thing in uh, in freaking podcasting. So these guys are just hanging out.
1: They're like, turn going up the, up the up dial, turn up the tangents. radio dial. What? It's not on a radio dial.
0: Yeah, blew people's minds. Andrew, uh, Tom, and I walked, so you and Evan could run. Basically, so yeah. you're welcome.
1: Okay, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be busting your chops.
0: Um, let me uh just address uh, Tom. Uh, was supposed to be back. He had the audacity to go get COVID. Mm. So, uh, you know, so Andrew is uh ably stepping in here. Thank you, thank you for uh for doing this. We are doing this remote.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I I have to admit at first we we're gonna I was gonna come over to your apartment and do it, Tim. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I, we're doing it, at Tim's apartment. Yeah, no way, Tom can come over. We. I, this makes a lot of sense. I'm guest hosting, but now that we're doing remote, is just when we were starting. I was like, I, I guess, i guess Tim's just. Uh, uh, I guess Timothy's just really really tired of Tom because he, he's doing a remote with me. He could have been doing a remote with Tom.
0: Could have been doing a remote with. But hey,
1: time. I listen. I listen to the podcast. I already know how tired you are, Tom.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> the man is is sick. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be talking about this. You um, right. never
1: I speak that. ill of the sick. That's the old. Never saying.
0: speak ill of the ill. They got enough yeah. ill going on.
1: <laughs> That's a much better saying than mine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, you were here uh, at uh, a very exciting time, Andrew, and I, I don't think you knew this until uh, a couple hours ago. But every every October. Here on the complete guide to everything. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's Hey, we. It's not October. It's freaking Halloween month. No, a whole month. A whole month of a Halloween themed, month. spooky themed uh, topics. Wow! Uh, knock your socks off. Terrifying topics uh, like uh, the 1966 cartoon uh TV special uh, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown very but, scary very yeah, scary we've done we've done other t- we've done uh bones in the past we did an episode about bones, not the TV right. show the actual bones
1: like bones in your body
0: yeah, but like skeletons so that's hmm. you know what I mean yeah. uh the devil okay. there was one uh there was an episode I think a year or two ago where Tom and I actually went to hell. No. So Halloween month. it's pretty Andrew, scary. Yes, it's it's pretty scary. So um thank you for joining uh for being brave enough to join during if during Halloween month. I mean,
1: you asked me in September. Today is October first. If I'd known what I was getting myself into when you asked me on September twenty seventh, no I, I might have said no. You know, we yeah, we almost recorded yesterday. Exactly. We
0: wouldn't we wouldn't have been talking spooky
1: stuff. Mm.
0: Are you are you a spooky boy? Are you a Halloween guy? You know,
1: I used to watch, I, I feel like I grew up a spooky boy. I used to watch so many horror movies, so many bad horror movies in high school, obsessed. I've right. seen the movie, in my opinion, the scariest movie in the history of movies, The Dentist 2. The you Dentist 2? You've not seen a, a scary movie until you watch The Dentist 2 because the advances they made in the in the mouth cam technology between the dentist one and the dentist two were just truly, truly, truly disturbing, distressing, awful, awful, awful. What awful, year awful. did the
0: dentist two come out? I
1: would estimate nineteen ninety three, but it okay. had a name actor as the dentist. It had like a real, it had a high enough budget to have an actor that you have heard of playing dentist. Like Quaid. Yes, it was dentist Quaid uh it was Corbin Burnson.
0: oh all uh, right
1: Corbin Burnson just torturing people in their mouths and hot you know off what?
0: major league three uh back yeah. to the minors or whatever
1: and weirdly like I, I maybe this isn't that weird just as an adult I'm just like why would I watch a scary movie why would I do that to myself like people like uh like uh, uh, uh my sister-in-law is really into this scary that scary movie Mandy uh, in the desert with the lady, and she's like, "You guys gotta watch Mandy," and we're just like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rewatch a Christopher Guest mockumentary." Yeah, for... I don't,
0: I don't want to be scared. I I'm scared of yeah. everything uh, in real life. Everything that I encounter, day to day, yeah, it scares the hell out of me. Why yeah, do I I'm, want? Some... I'm
1: sc- I'm scared enough of how tall they've made the hood on Ford f one hit fifties. That if you're driving a Ford F-150, you can't see anyone shorter than five feet tall. That's scary. That's a scary thing about American society. Yeah. You know, I, don't have to, I don't have to be worrying about... I didn't, I didn't even see... You know, Jordan Peele, I, I loved his first two movies, didn't even go see his third movie. Just came oh, out... you didn't? Just straight up skipped it. I was like, seems What scary. did you say? Hey, People, what did you then, say? What, was, it, what was your
0: one word uh, uh, assessment of whether you're going to go see it, that movie? It was
1: no way.
0: Yeah, No exactly. way. Yeah.
1: And I, uh, then, then like the, the reviews, like the chatter hit and it was like, actually not that scary, not that spooky, mostly movie about animals. And I was like, well, I that's just... nope, still not going to see it.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like ever since um, my wife and I had a child, um, I'm especially like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't be reminded of uh, what can be terrifying in this world. Yeah.
1: were you were you ever are you like like me did you used to be a spooky boy and you've aged out of, of spooky boyism
0: I wouldn't say I was ever a spooky boy but I think I was i I was somebody who would watch anything right I wasn't like a hardcore like did you, you, did you, know. you say
1: you're someone who'd watch say anything you think the movie say anything is a horror movie
0: it's That's uh, what? it's it's uh he's uh, he's got that night, that terrifying night scene when he's on the on the lawn, stalking that woman's house. Right, this is,
1: that's the movie with the boombox. Right? Am I crazy yeah, to say that's anything? Yeah, that's the scene. This I'm is talking your this about. is your horror movie. Okay, I, I would, okay. So you oh were a spooky boy, a spooky boy for John Cusack.
0: Yeah, and John Mahoney. Okay. Okay. John Mahoney and yeah, not say anything. I, I,
1: I don't never I was never like a goth or anything. I feel like those are the true, the true people that are looking forward like all yeah. year round to Halloween, stretching it out. Did you do like the midnight um the midnight uh Rocky Horror picture show ever? No, no,
0: no, It's never. I considered in the early two thousands hitting up uh for a minute there was doing uh the midnight Donnie Darkos um in in Manhattan.
1: I haven't seen it. It's too scary for me. Mm. I aged out of being a spooky boy before I saw Donnie Darko, now uh-huh. people are like You haven't seen Donnie Darko? You gotta see it. And I'm like...
0: That's Noah Wiley's finest moment.
1: There's a scary rabbit. He plays the rabbit, I assume.
0: He plays uh, an English teacher, I think. Okay. Maybe a math teacher.
1: I know nothing about the movie. Nothing about it. And it's become a major, major cultural touchstone. I'm... I'm... I'm, You know what? After we're done, I'm gonna read the Wikipedia article. I I feel...
0: I feel like you don't even need to. I, I think that was one where, um, you, uh, a couple of years out, like I think in twenty twenty two, people are like, Donnie Darko, come on, like, uh, what were we all thinking? It was kind of like, remember how, uh, Garden State at the time wasn't, um, hmm. you know, uh, everyone's like, ah, a cute little, uh, rom com, indie rom com. That's what and fools then, thought. And fools. now fools everybody's like, my Garden State. You fucking asshole! You like that movie? Oh my god, that was that was
1: a really depressing experience for me. Going to see Garden State with friends who loved it, and just being like, my friends are morons. Yeah, my friends, it's a, and not that, a shins makes, guy, It makes me sound like a phil that makes me sound like a philistine. It wasn't like a huge thing going to the movie theater, but like I maybe was watching it with a friend who'd already seen it and liked it, and I was just like, I don't know. There's that one thing in the trailer where like he drives away from the gas station, and then like. He looks back at his car, and the gas nozzle is still in his car after he's driven away from the gas station. And
0: mm-hmm. that was like the
1: big moment in the trailer. And like after I watched the movie, I was like, "That was the one. That was that. That part was good. That one part in the trailer where he yeah. drove away from the gas station and then the gas nozzle was still in his.
0: It's a it's car. a it's a good uh, comedic set piece. Yeah. I don't remember anything else about that movie. Yeah, well, his shirt I mean, matched it, what, the wallpaper at one point. as I And mean, I there's become
1: the meme. It just has that one meme that's like, "What is it like? Listen to this; it'll change your life." Mm-hmm. But I don't think people. I don't people think people look at that kindly any now. Th- the movie anymore.
0: No good use of the song, as I recall, the only living boy in New York. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't good, recall. Uh, yeah, the it had context. a good soundtrack, and it. I think it did make
1: that was not a highly rated uh, Simon and Garfunkel song. Only living boy in. New York, but it's coming back around. People like it now.
0: I like it. Um, maybe it was that movie. I think it was. So yeah. well, frankly, maybe pretty, it's time for an Andrew reevaluation of Garden State.
1: Pretty spooky song. If you ask me, Only Living Boy in New York it I reminds know. me of the Will Smith movie, Le- I Am Legend. That's a pretty spooky movie. That's well, a pretty spooky movie. Might be might, when... might be the last scary movie I watched.
0: Not a bad movie. Beefed it in the third act, but hey, what 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 are you going to do? Yeah. Um. So you're not like a Halloween guy. Have you ever, or like, do, have you ever, you're probably too old for this. Have you ever owned any Nightmare Before Christmas merch in any way? I don't think
1: I have ever owned any Nightmare Before Christmas merch. What 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 Nightmare Before Christmas merch are you sporting?
0: I don't know, just anything at uh, like Hot Topic. You know how like they're year round like Jack Skellington people who are just like, yeah, this is this is my guy. And then like October rolls around and they're like, all right, now now it's my yeah. turn time to and, shine. Check yeah. out my many Jack Skellington tattoos.
1: And it's a confusing movie because is it a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? Maybe you start wearing those shirts at Christmas and that person is wearing them through Halloween. Exactly. And then so they, they just g- aren't wearing them for November or until like Thanksgiving. But then Christmas starts again the day after Thanksgiving. Exactly. So it's, it's November. Off, yeah. They
0: have to, you know, that's when they wear their like uh, Jack Sparrow shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. Skeleton to sparrow. It's sparrow season. Then you have your pumpkin is pie. That,
1: is that shirt a shirt with Jack Sparrow on it, or is it like a Jack Sparrow style blouse? And they're wearing the wig and the and the red bandana.
0: Oh no, I'm thinking it's a t-shirt, a black t-shirt with a very yeah. very large close up okay. picture of Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay, a hot
1: topic t-shirt and not a a Jack Sparrow cosplay, which might actually be reserved for the night. Itself that we're talking about Halloween night. How is Jack Sparrow?
0: Bring it all back. Yeah. So you're, you're Skellington, and you can still be Skellington on Halloween by default, but also you're zhuzhing it up with, with a, uh, you know, you're, you're Skellington isn't a, a costume. It's a way of life, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, so you can still, you can still be. You you don't have to be wearing your t-shirt to be living the Skellington lifestyle, which is Halloween uh, above all else.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that I'm very much not a Skellington person. I'm a person who generally like, if I'm thinking about my Halloween costume more than one to two weeks in advance of Halloween, I'm like, wow, I really worked hard this year. Right.
0: You got yeah. you got anything in the work? I mean, I guess it's you know, it's a full month out. You got anything you know, in the works?
1: Last year, I felt like I had a pretty good Halloween costume. This is really disheartening for me. And then it was mocked by people at the party I was at. I was like, oh my finally, gosh. I was like, finally, I have a really good Halloween costume. And then people were like, huh, like, whoa, like the really last minute, huh? And I was like, no. Do I, you mind I if I ask? What, what, what well, was? it was there. It here,
0: was a, well. well do you remember, was it, Do you was, it, was it a pun question? Uh, a no, pun, it wasn't uh, a pun. Costume? Our
1: there's a really big dog costume festival here mm-hmm. in our neighborhood? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if you let people know that your neighborhood is the Timothy neighborhood. And we, we my in laws have a dog, and they decided to dress the dog up for their um, for the big like neighborhood. Halloween parade and he was a astronaut or he was That's a, a spaceship costume
0: he was a oh, spaceship and then oh, my, my the wife was itself. an astronaut
1: my my in-laws made all the costumes, but they were too ashamed to be involved where my wife and I weren't did none of the work but weren't too ashamed to go on stage with the dog
0: okay this is a
1: stage in front of hundreds of people I know um and it's a was,
0: circuit <laughs> like they yeah right? there's judge there's judging the yeah, city yeah.
1: council woman was there
0: You're like
1: right. you know um, important work. Yeah, uh, so Buzz is in the spaceship, uh, Casey was an astronaut, and I was the moon, and I'd, I'd cut out these two big, round, white pieces of, uh, like, I don't know, what's thicker than poster board, but like poster board that you buy at an art store, I can't remember, I don't know. And maybe if I, would know, oh, you know what, this wasn't my fault, I had I'd purchased, like, a big moon thing that would, like, was, like, really gonna look like a map of the moon. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two days before Halloween, I emailed the guy and was like, Hey, where's my moon? And he was like, I'm so sorry. I did not ship it. Here's a refund. So I was kind yeah. of like, you know, I was kind of behind the eight ball. I went to this party with this huge cutout poster board thing, but it's thicker than poster boards. So it's like, with, you know, like, with kind of like the ribbing inside. Yeah. That really yeah, stiff. yeah. I can't remember what, the, mm-hmm. what that's called. Like I'm bumping into people at the party. I can't stop bumping into people. The host of the party is like, I love it when people come to Halloween parties with, you know, like huge costumes like yours that just make other people uncomfortable. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You love that. <laughs> but you know what? Like people made fun of my moon costume, but where it came back around and all of a sudden my costume was amazing. Was in all the photographs of the party because everyone had their flash on. And because that white poster mm. board material was so reflective, you like could not see me. The photos were of like
0: Casey <laughs> and this
1: big white orb, like a moon. And I was like barely there. And it was like, I hadn't thought about the photographic uh, outcomes of wearing a huge, basically like what is like a huge film, like a bounce right that you'd have like on a too. film yeah. set. Um. So, when
0: you said earlier that you were, like, planning yours for weeks, um... That was, like, I was
1: ordering it from Amazon 10 days in advance, and then it wasn't showing up two days in advance. That's my version of planning a Halloween Right, and
0: you were being dunked on not for the concept, but for the execution, and by your own admission, you pulled that together in, what, 24 hours?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I went...
0: For all intents and purposes, like I could be like, oh, you know what I'm gonna be, uh, and then insert something elaborate here, Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Okay. And look, we're 30 days away from from Halloween, and then if I wake up October 31st before the, the and be like, oh, I'm just gonna pull whatever blouse I have and whatever scarves I have and mm-hmm. whatever big round earrings I have. Um, And people would be like, oh, you didn't put a lot of effort into it. And I I couldn't say like, how dare you? I've been planning this since October 1st.
1: Because you still pulled everything together morning of. Yeah. Afternoon of even. I mean, that's what makes Captain Jack Sparrow one of the greatest Halloween costumes of all time. Not like a good Halloween costume, but I guess like the most seen Halloween costume. Is it's like 100% a costume you can assemble from your girlfriend's or wife's closet. You're just like I need a white open blouse. I need like maybe a black pair of jeans and a wig, I guess. You're done.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why uh I don't know, that's why those movies are so beloved cuz so everybody can pull it together.
1: Yes, that's why each one of those movies is very good.
0: Everything about all of them are beloved by everybody. Yeah. Andrew, let's pivot to the topic at hand here. Okay, I'm ready.
1: Well, real I I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just the guest host Tim, but we well, well, I I just I didn't ask what was your last Halloween costume.
0: Ooh, I don't know that I've dressed up in a very long time.
1: Wow, how the tables have turned. You're not a Halloween boy.
0: Oh, I'm not a Halloween boy. I I put all, I put my heart and soul into Halloween month. Um, the, the complete guide to everything. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was shocked. No shade here. I was shocked. Andrew Rosetta is at a freaking Halloween party in uh October of 2021 I remember the delta variant being a, being a being running rampant or the beginning of the omicron um so I was surprised I was just like I'd love to go to a Halloween party I don't mm. think I've been invited to a Halloween party not because of covid I think probably since 2013 It's tough also for do you sympathize here like for a bearded uh uh, person like it's hard to be like a a a pop culture figure who's Hmm. not like famously bearded hmm
1: Hmm. Hmm. i will say that what i what i saw is the most i mean you're already ragging on me for going to a halloween party in the era of covid
0: i'm not ragging on you i'm i'm impressed
1: you're impressed or, ra- I mean...
0: Uh, I'm more like, hey, the what party I was feel, this and why wasn't I invited?
1: I mean, I don't feel great about going to parties at all anymore, but no, this I party like, uh, like was parties. in the West Village. So it was very crowded. That's like the most popular neighborhood in New York City for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of bars that have parties there. The Halloween parade is there in New mm-hmm. York City. And the... I'm pretty sure this character has a beard. The character who, like, every fourth man was dressed up as last year and great news beard also great news extremely low effort ted lasso
0: ted lasso so
1: many ted lassos just like a tracksuit a visor kind of like an attitude but ted lasso has a beard right and you've got, to he's, convince got your, he's got
0: a mustache
1: yeah and you've got to convince your girlfriend to or wife to dress up as like one of the two or three hot lady characters
0: right which um not an issue it's Halloween, it's Halloween, you get people people are primed prepped to dress up in a costume, yes, so it's always just a, I'm always asking my wife, dress up like this hot lady, please, hmm. even not 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 on Halloween, hmm, I get slapped a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: I get hit with a big old frying pan sometimes, hmm. uh yeah, like in the comics,
1: yeah, when you're when you're what, your wife's been working all day to to bake a pie and you're exactly. out mowing you're out mowing the lawn you just sneak over to the windowsill to taste your wife's pies
0: Clank I don't know uh what your dynamic my household dynamic is like uh the uh speaking of um newspaper comics which we will be uh the lockhorns do you know the lockhorns have you yeah, ever seen this lockhorns? it's a, it's a one panel strip of this uh it's so a one-panel comic of, I guess, a middle-aged co- uh, couple that just fucking hate each other. Um, they're just mean to each other. So Loretta and, uh, I don't know, some some lazy husband. Um, and it's just one panel of, you know, every day, you open up the newspaper, and, uh, you know, it's either him ragging on her cooking or her saying that he doesn't make enough money in, like, terrible ways yeah. um it's like oh she we, hit get him with a, a fri- we get a snapshot of a real unhappy marriage here did
1: she hit him with a frying pan sometimes yeah there's yep, stuff yeah.
0: like that yeah I mean, people die a that rolling way. pin i think a rolling pin more more was, often
1: that's a, that's a murder weapon sometimes you know you just you just the frying pans right there you hit someone in the heat of the moment with a frying pan they're dead that's heavy
0: yeah, yeah. um you know what i like if I don't want this to come back to haunt me, but if I ever had to murder somebody,
1: but if something was gonna, if there was gonna be a month for you to be haunted, this is oh, it. spooky Halloween it? Halloween month.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what I learned from an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents that I saw once on Nick at Night: Want to murder somebody? Uh, get a uh, leg of lamb, freeze <sighs> it, bam, and then eat the leg of lamb. Mm.
1: The most important part, if I. Recall all of my all of my relatives of a certain generation have recounted this episode to me. I've never seen the episode, but the most important part is not that you eat the leg of lamb, is that you feed it to the cop who's investigating. Oh for yeah, the murder. exactly. And then at the very end of the episode, the cop says, "I don't know, but I feel like the answer is right underneath our noses." Cut to black. Because it's the lamb. The lamb is right underneath their nose. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I get it. I get They're it. They're eating it. I'm I'm amazed that uh this has been recounted to you by other people and mostly yeah. older relatives of yours. My Not aunt really, my young, aunt really hip, liked that episode. Gen Z friends and neighbors. You
1: were watching on Nick and Night. My aunt was probably watching it OG. OG yeah. uh Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah. I um, you know, this is actually really solving uh a mystery for me. Cause I, I thought it was an episode of Columbo and I'm watching Columbo and I'm like, where's that fucking leg of lamb wow. episode. You're watching no, Columbo. You We're know, watching Columbo. Uh, I started, it was hard. It was a hard sell for, for my family. I, I got into it, but like how many episodes did I really watched two or three. You same, know, it's like how, how same. exciting, how exciting can Columbo be? It was made in the 1970s and eighties.
0: You know what? It, 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 Coasts completely on uh, Peter Falk's charisma. Yeah, and guess what? Plentiful, plentiful charisma. But
1: we live in a world where the Jason Bourne movies have been made, and we want the shaky cam, and we want the editing, and we want the special effects.
0: Not me. I want to sit, and I want to know who did it, um, th- th- who done it, as it were, within right the, the first two minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't realize that that was Columbo's thing. You know who that? In other shows, yeah. you don't know who did it. In Columbo, you know who did it right at the beginning, before yeah. you even
0: see Columbo. Yeah, and then you think, oh no, he's. He doesn't have any clue what's going on. Guess what? He's playing dumb. Hmm. I think we could all learn a lot. I'm, I'm always i I need to learn from Columbo. I'm always uh, showing my whole hand yeah. at all times. Hmm. He could read me like a book. Oh. I'm afraid of looking dumb. Columbo is yeah. just like it's an advantage looking dumb.
1: Well, I got to run, Tim. But just one more thing. Tell me about that frying pan you have hanging up on the wall.
0: Tom, sometimes I uh, get in a mindset, uh-huh. and I get stuck focusing on problems instead of solutions. Yeah. I'm a busy man. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a father. Yes. I have a, a podcast and, uh-huh. a, and a co-host who's almost like another child to me, and a job. Look, I can get overwhelmed, and with a different mindset focusing on the solutions, not problems, I think things would go a lot easier. Who were you talking about? You do another podcast? It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. Tom? Yeah? I think everybody should try therapy. Yes, I agree. Everybody I know who's tried therapy is like, this is life changing. You don't you don't have to
1: wait until your life's in shambles.
0: If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash complete guide today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp.com H E L P slash complete guide. Andrew, enough beating around the bush. We're we're both either former spooky boys or not spooky boys. Nobody cares. Everybody's <laughs> here for that 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 peanuts action. <laughs> We I, want, we want Linus. We want Lucy. We want freaking Charlie Brown.
1: I'm obsessed with the Peanuts. I'm 100 percent obsessed with the Peanuts. I've read a lot of Peanuts books. I read them on the daily when Schultz was still cranking them out. Mm-hmm. I'm kind Sparky. of proud. I'm kind of proud. Kind of embarrassed to admit that I've been in stage production of Your Good Man Charlie Brown.
0: Ooh, did I know this about you. I think I probably didn't. Uh, who'd you play? Let me guess. Schroeder was Schroeder in it.
1: Schroeder's one of the six characters. That's one of the six characters. I was Linus.
0: You were Linus. I was oh. Linus. Man, the uh the 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 believer in the great pumpkin himself.
1: The believer in the great pumpkin himself. I don't think there's any great pumpkin action in the stage musical that I recall.
0: No, not He's that more I'm more focused aware on
1: of. I mean like you don't have as much time to get into that. You just focus on Linus main thing which is his blanket. Right. Just just deal with that in the stage musical.
0: Right. Um, the only thing I know about that is, uh, the, the, the title song, I guess. Um. You're a good man, yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. it's a You're it's the a, kind of a toe tapper
1: we need. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fine. It's fine.
0: The thing is, that sentiment is never expressed, um, in any of the television specials. Or ever really in the... Um, in the comic strip at all, right?
1: If you were to watch the television specials without the title, you'd be like, wow, I love this comic strip about this really nice kid, Linus. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. like in the Christmas one, Linus has that moment where he like does the reading from the Book of Luke about... Yeah about Jesus with the Christmas tree and it's like even if you're not religious like it will bring a tear to your eye just like how beautifully directed and acted that moment is like here like this whole thing is about like Charlie Brown's getting rocks and missing his missing his football kick as usual. Right. Line, Linus is like we must have what, what's the what's the word he keeps using we must have the most sincere pumpkin. Yeah. Punch. Yeah, there's <laughs> no hypocrisy here. If you were to watch that you'd be like the title of this is "Linus Goddamn Fucking
0: Loves Pumpkins." He does fucking love pumpkins, and also like, look. Just want to skip to. We're going to go through the the the, the plot synopsis because uh, I, I don't think everybody listening probably watched it the way that we did. Um, this it's classified as a movie, but it's twenty five minutes long. No, it's a TV special, right? Um. But at the end, Linus should be, you know, down in the dumps. Sally like freaking loses it on him, and he's always just like everything's rolling off his back. He's keeping everything in perspective. A nice little boy that Linus. Yeah,
1: and that's such a sweet moment, you know. Lucy's been such a terrible person the whole the whole show, just like she always is. Yeah, but she's the one who carries Linus back to bed. It's very, very, What's very Lucy's sweet. deal, huh? What is her deal? I've never, th- I, I've, ne- I've never thought of it that. Frankly, honestly, I always kind of considered her to be a fictional character, just a mean person that had been created by an author as a foil. But I'd never really stepped back and thought, "What's her fucking deal?" Right? Why doesn't she chill out?
0: I mean, do we? I guess you answered the question. Should we do see a redeeming. Moment when she goes out at, at four in the morning and carries Linus in from the pumpkin patch and tucks him into bed. Sweet Linus. But like, god damn, this is what a miserable person. Like she grew up to be somebody that like you see like at a Target, um, you know, raising a stink, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. She works the Social Security office, and she gets mad at you when you show up without the right documents. Yeah. not that that's happened to me recently uh Tim did this movie hit any differently for you you think now that you have had a child
0: um I don't think so I watched the first few minutes with my child we try not to you know he's still young for TV um, he really liked uh, what is it Vince Guaraldi yes. said um, he yes um I mean he likes the song Linus and Lucy and who doesn't yeah. That song rules. Um, so, like, he pepped up when when that was there. Um, did he
1: do the little dance that Charlie Brown does, where he goes? So it's like he like does his shoulders and does his
0: feet. You're doing shoulders and feet. Um, did, no, he you, didn't do that that he dance. Do, he was you know, sitting on my that. lap. He, but he did. He he clapped the correct his hands.
1: Dance the correct dance time. Yeah, it's just... like
0: you're you're doing the wrong dance. <laughs> like uh you know the stage parent. Like I taught you the peanuts dance. You're. Your head goes, you, you you look at the ceiling, uh, your feet go like akimbo. Is that right? Right? Like your feet, your toes are 100% akimbo. Yeah. Um, and then you just, uh, you know, you start kicking, yeah. start kicking yeah. out. Um, no, he did. Um, but uh, he got tired of it. I think he liked the vibe. I like the vibe. Um, it's a real melancholy vibe. Um
1: it is just a vibe piece. The piece is about the vibes and I I admit, you know, I my, I have I have a young daughter who is too young to appreciate this, but I have I have a niece and two nephews that I spend a lot of time with who are like presumably in the the pocket for the age group that this was created for and whenever it was made, what was it made in? Like 66. 66. Yeah. Presumably in 1966 they were like we're making this for 7-year-olds, which is what my nephews are. It's very hard for me to imagine my seven-year-old's enjoying this, because uh, children's media does not have the space anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made for kids is paced this slowly and this weirdly anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, yeah, but I le- I wish I wish we could all get behind it. I wish seven-year-olds could just like chill out and be like, "Hey, guess what." just going to watch this mood piece about a bunch of weird kids can i yeah. read some one star ratings from amazon.com yeah, i'd uh, love that and tell me your thoughts cuz i i this is this is uh this comes from joy yeah, entitled Poor Role Modeling. Wow, in the first three minutes, Charlie Brown uses the word stupid to describe himself and tells a friend that you just want me to kill myself. Um, not for my kids. We stopped it right there. Life is too short and too full of wonderful things to waste time f- uh, filling innocent little minds with this quote unquote classic trash. Classic
1: the trash,
0: Charlie Brown. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan writes Terrible messaging Just a bunch of bullies Thought this would be a nice family movie That we could watch with our four year old daughter My wife and I were both shocked When we started watching it Absolutely shocked Very little if any redeeming messages Just a bu- Just a bunch of kids bullying each other The humor in it is half decent For little kids and sometimes funny for adults Um but I still can't believe how mean and nasty most of these kids are. It's terrible messaging, and I don't recommend this to anyone with children. Stick with Curious George, <laughs> that freaking precocious monkey. Oh man, were there? Do
1: any of the one-star reviews address that? Approximately fifteen percent of the piece is a World War One movie.
0: No. <laughs> which that would be that that's the uh that's the knock for me look yeah. i'm sorry the one the world war one flying ace in search of the red baron it's not And then he's it then he
1: shot down in france and you're like man france is france has been ruined you yeah. see the hor- you see you don't really see the horrors of war but you kind of see the horrors of war you're like you're like the granddads and dads who were like Korean War and World War II veterans who were watching this on Halloween with their kids. Like, yeah, yeah, they might they might have gotten sent back a little bit, a little too much, you know? It's yeah, like the blasted out French countryside was a little too real for me.
0: I thought it was also funny in the middle of that. Not that the blasted out French countryside. It's, it's funny. Uh, I thought it was a. Uh, Funny how in the middle of that sequence they had to have a Charlie Brown voiceover to remind everybody that this was like a Peanuts thing because like as this dog dressed up as a World War One flying ace that got shot down is like they had to be like and now the dog who is imagining himself as a world war 1 flying ace imagines pretends to be wandering the french countryside or something that's got to
1: be that's got to be a last minute studio <laughs> yeah. note right like they turned that in and the studio was like could we could we mention that this is an imagination part <laughs> For the kids,
0: because this part's been going on for what feels like fifteen minutes in the middle of like, yeah, we thought we were getting jack-o'-lanterns and trick-or-treating. I um, was like, this part, this, it was, it
1: was surprisingly close to the movie 1917 for me. Oh, really? I was like, I was like, wow, this is. In, I I wasn't in World War One, so I, I can't I can't be. Ah, you're being modest. PTSD you were in World War, War One. One. I was just sent back to the PTSD of watching the movie 1917, which I didn't really like.
0: Why? cuz it's too much like a video game, that's what I heard. I didn't see the film.
1: Yes, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like it was too much like a video game. Yeah. I, I even had a specific joke about that. There's that scene where they like they get like a cup of milk and then like later he saves a baby with this cup of milk that he's gotten. Oh.
0: And it was, was in, was in like, his satchel, yeah, or something. Yeah, like he opened like, this, up his
1: this is the second time the guy beat the game. The first time, he didn't he didn't do the save the baby the French baby side quest. He saved all the troops, but was like, "Oh, I got to go back and play the game again to get the milk at the milk farm and give the milk to the French baby." Mm. It just yeah, it felt like a side quest to me.
0: Well, uh well, I'm glad I didn't see that movie. Glad I didn't watch it.
1: Um, I'm also glad you didn't watch it.
0: Uh, I watched uh, 1941 one time, and I was like, "I'm done watching movies with uh, that are named after years." I didn't That's, enjoy this.
1: Is that good? Should I watch it?
0: I never actually saw it. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go through all the Spielbergs, yeah. um, and then I didn't want to watch the first one. Uh, yeah. There was
1: a 1941 video game at at a watering what? hole in my hometown. Wait, based we, on the film? Based on the based film. On the- and I would the, play the, it. The
0: only Spielberg flop that and exists? And I think
1: my dad explained to me like, oh, yeah, this is a video game based on like like the movie 1941 that like the same guy that made E.T. and he made Indiana Jones. And I was like, wow, so this movie must be really good. And my dad was just like, no, <laughs> it's not. Actually, the exact same conversation we had about the traveling Wheel. Exactly, yeah, I mean, you told me that <laughs> that,
0: that uh, another time, where uh, he explained to you who wait, was in the, the traveling Wilbur. Four greatest wilderness.
1: rock and rollers ever are in the same band. Five greatest rock and rollers must be the greatest band ever, Dad. No, no, they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. They they're okay. one or two good songs.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, what uh, was your What was your favorite part
1: of uh, the Charlie Brown Halloween? Tim, was there was there um, one of the of the mini subplots that, that really pulled at your heartstrings? Or maybe okay. you want to give it a one-star review?
0: No, 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 no. I like I like the vignettes. I, I I I do understand, like when Charlie Brown says to Lucy, Lucy with the football, and this is the first time it's portrayed um, in animated uh, this is the third Peanuts special. The first okay. one was the Christmas special. Um, and then they did one about sports, like you're a good sport, Charlie Brown or something. Okay. And Um, they didn't do the football in that? They didn't. Hmm. Um, this was the first time.
1: Because they wanted to portray good sportsmanship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, so the Lucy with the football, I think like only because, um, it's been memed so much and it's such a good, uh, metaphor for, for so many, uh, things in modern life, um, I enjoy, I enjoyed that, and I I thought a lot, a lot. There were a lot of like little vignettes here, and I was just like, oh yeah, they're essentially like freaking comic strips. Like this, is written by Charles Schultz. I'm not sure how much of this was actually lifted from the comic strips. Right, 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 um, right. But all right, here's what hit for me first. Right, thing, like
1: like Lucy at the end of that whole vignette saying like, mm, it wasn't notarized. Like that's yeah. a, that's a. That's a Sunday it's, afternoon punchline of yeah, the exactly. football thing.
0: Exactly. She, she gave him a signed contract stating that she wouldn't pull it away. She pulls it away, falls on his ass, the contract floats into her hand. She said, funny thing about this contract, it's never notarized.
1: There's at least one one-star Amazon review, right, that's like, this is going great, my kids adored it, and then they, the punchline was about something being notarized? My kids did not get that.
0: I mean, that's that's this whole... The punchline for Sally leaving uh, uh, Linus is, I demand restitution, right? Like, it's like... <laughs> all right, two things. Number one, how do you feel about the casting uh, of uh, children to voice the children instead of uh, adult voice actors to do kid voices, a lot like, the Muppet babies.
1: I think it's so gorgeous. I think they do a brilliant job, and in both this and the Christmas special that I've seen four or five times, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's so heartwarming to me in real. And, like, I don't know, even those, uh, those parents, like, Like, no part of me while I was watching this was like, this is bad for Charlie Brown to say he wants to kill himself. No part of my mind thought of that. Maybe I will think about that when my child is five years old. But just, like, the pathos of the kid actor and, like, the pathos of, like, a kid will say that to themselves. Like, kids feel bad. People feel bad about themselves. Like, it it hits for me.
0: Yeah, I like it. Sometimes it does feel like it's... A third grader reading a report and it's very rote, but I think that's also charming, you know. Like, and the number two is like, uh, I. uh, How do you feel about the fact that um, the dialogue is not true to the vocabulary of what are they supposed to be like eight year olds?
1: Yeah, Linus is always talking about uh, the sincere, sincere pumpkin patch, and he's talking about that he doesn't want any hypocrisy and yeah. The restitution, I, it, uh, I mean, that's, that's the charm of Peanuts, the charm of pe- like my, I would go to my group, visit my grandparents and they had like whole books that were like, the wisdom of Linus, that were like, <laughs> you know, strips where Win- Linus is very wise and like, like some of these were just like kind of more pop books and some of them were like religious books that my grandparents had purchased about like, I don't know, sometimes Peanuts would get kind of in a religious mode and it's like. Yeah,
0: Charles Schultz, very religious man. Yeah.
1: Linus was dropping some really major wisdom nuggets in there. And, like, it was uh, – anachronistic isn't the right word, but, like, what made it beautiful and strange is that this is a, a – the, the wisest of the peanuts is the one who's dragging around his security blanket. He's presumably the one in, in need of the most wisdom if he has a security blanket. But uh, but uh, he's he's dropping the nuggets. You know, uh, interesting fact about Charles Schultz that I happen to know um, – Tim, do you know that he was the biggest I I didn't know he was religious, but he was? He was mm-hmm. very religious. Yeah, yeah. There, um, in near, he was I, he was
0: associated, I wanna say, with like Billy Graham in certain ways. Like uh hmm. was like maybe wrote speeches for him or something, like um like in his early days. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, Near where I grew up is the national, it is not well known that this memorial exists, but near where I grew up is the National D-Day Memorial. And it was created, I believe, mostly, maybe entirely with private funds. There must have been some government funds, but there were a lot of private funds involved in making it. And it was put in this really small town in Virginia. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Bedford, Virginia, because, this is awful, the highest percentage of people from a town to die in d-day was bedford just wow just like a ton of people from bedford were in the companies that fought in d-day and a lot of them died and the biggest donor was charles schultz charles schultz just like heard about it somehow and he was just like just gave a shit ton of money to the d-day memorial
0: seems like a good dude
1: yeah he seems like a great dude i think didn't he own a like didn't he own an ice skating rink in it's California, because he was just so rich, he was like, I, sh- I should have an ice skating rink.
0: I have this biography of Charles Schultz that I was drunk at a friend's house years ago. Um, and as I was leaving, I was like, "Ah, oh, you read that Charles Schultz biography? He's like, yeah, it's really good. I was like, I'm going to take that. And he's like, all right, let's bring it back. And I was like, all right, this is like 2013. I took it, and then I never read it. Because I, I wasn't all that interested. I was drunk. <laughs>
1: We'll go back to the glossary. See if there's an entry for ice skating rink.
0: There we go. There is I, some. There is some stuff about. Uh, there's there's not. Lot,
1: there's a lot of ice skating in peanuts, and I feel like it was just his hobby, and he was just like, "I'm fucking rich as hell, selling uh, Charlie Brown bobbleheads." Mm. Oh um, my uh, god! On an ice skating rink.
0: Yeah. Um, ice skating. See also Redwood Empire Ice Arena. Well, let's let's go there. Yeah. Red. I. I I would assume that's that's. The, oh my gosh, yeah, building of children community, yeah, marital discord during building of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a big ice oh, skater apparently. Judging by the index of this uh, this Charles Schultz, Schultz biography,
1: Schultz. which I assumed you had read before, like you read it today before the recording of this podcast, but no, rather, you just I brandishing did, it. As I looked a up brag great that pumpkin you read it. in
0: yeah. the index. Um all right so the main through line for this right is Linus uh is, is a little boy with a security br- blanket um and uh, all the kids are you know dressing up getting ready to go trick or treating and he's like oh i'm going to the pumpkin patch which is like yeah. right around the corner from them conveniently and
1: Linus um, is this is the brother of Lucy yeah. who's always kind of inexplicable she's the meanest character in all peanuts Yeah. and he's the sweetest wisest security blanket needing guy
0: yeah and so he's like oh i believe in the great pumpkin who's like a kind of santa claus like fee fi- uh the figure for halloween right and the great pumpkin will emerge from the pumpkin patch on halloween night and what what is he he's like gives t- t- toys it'll emerge and-
1: from the most sincere pumpkin patch in the world and give toys to all the boys and girls
0: right um and everybody is just fucking ragging on Linus for this. They're like, "Linus, you asshole, you dumb shit." And that's this, this why I can the the one star reviews were were justified because I didn't think that language was was uh, was suitable for my child at least.
1: It's amazing they got it past the censors in
0: 1966. Yeah, uh, CVS. This preempted my three sons to to run, and uh, I don't think anybody ever called anybody. Uh, nobody called. Uh, little Eddie on my three somes a dumb shit for believing in Santa Claus or whatever. Um, but uh, they uh, they're ragging on him and he goes and then Sally who is uh, Charlie Brown's younger sister has a bit of a crush on Linus and she goes with him and they forego trick-or-treating to wait for the great pumpkin to emerge. Um, even though everybody tells Linus that you know this doesn't exist, yeah. right?
1: This kind of like there's a small little linguistic artifact there that made me think like this doesn't feel that far away from me because I grew up reading Peanuts. But like, this is an old ass artifact that they kept saying like, "Let's do tricks or treats."
0: And oh yeah, like,
1: and I was like, "Man, nobody says tricks or treats anymore." It's been a it's been a while since somebody was saying that. Like this this came out what 60 years ago this came out almost 60 years ago
0: sheesh um yeah i mean it's old it's old but uh, it's fine um can i uh, can i read there's there's very little about this special there's nothing in this uh, about the special in this biography this substantial biography of schultz but there's a little bit the great pumpkin comes from the uh the strip you know, there are strips about that earlier. So the theme of questioning and faith, which was central to um, Schultz's life, had emerged in the strip's great pumpkin sequences where Linus, smart but simple, had gotten ahead of himself in holidays and began to believe that an omnipotent pumpkin would appear on Halloween to serve good little children as Santa Claus did on Christmas. But of course, the great pumpkin does not come to lavish toys on all good little children, Linus performs a mitzvah every Halloween and going to the pumpkin patch to do what he must to be betrayed again. The reader does not discern any radiance of certainty. The worshiper is not a light with enduring faith. He's hopelessly hyped up. Enthusiasm is a more modulated and cheering emotion. Um, uh, Schultz is saying, be careful what you believe. Is it? Do you, do you get the message from from that here?
1: Um, I I would say no, and I would say I also find it like we're just talking about how Christian and how uh, Waspy, uh, uh Charles yeah. Schultz is. I find it very unlikely that he ever th- thought while drawing Linus walking to the pumpkin patch. Now this is a mitzvah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, David McCallis might have uh, the author of this book. Schultz and Peanuts, a biography. Yeah. uh, Harper Publishing.
1: To me, uh, it's a message of hope and um, that when you hope, you're opening yourself up to being a moron in front of the entire world. Yeah. And we see that in the last scene when, you know, Linus digs his heels in that the great pumpkin is coming the next year. Once again he's hoping and once again he's already preparing, you know, 364 days in advance. When they're the sitting,
0: when they're sitting at that wall, Andrew, you and I, yeah. we live in the same neighborhood. We get together. Can we find a wall that we can sit at and have these conversations? Mm. That's yeah, you cool. Get, you get those fat
1: elbows, those peanuts elbows. You know that, like, yeah, the round peanuts, fat elbows. I love those when that when the yeah. elbows are hanging over the wall. Where where's the? Where could we get one of those walls?
0: I don't know. Let's find a wall. There's got to be a wall somewhere no, 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 no. in the neighborhood. They that might we have can... those
1: pigeon. They might have those pigeon sticks on them, the pigeon nails to keep oh, pigeons yeah. from it. That would keep our our fat, chubby baby fat elbows off the wall too. Yeah. I got some huh.
0: real baby fat. All right, the other mention of of the great pumpkin in this, and this, this is a little pointed. In 1965, this is before the TV special. Okay. Um, but when he had already uh, written the Great Pumpkin into some strips. Uh, a woman uh, wrote uh, Charles Schultz a letter asserting that the Great Pumpkin was sacrilegious. Schultz wrote back saying that he was, quote, basically on her side, that the real sacrilege is Santa Claus and that he had been trying to show this in the Great Pumpkin strips.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what the Great Pumpkin is. I right. I mean, it's like... He's so like, I mean, first of all, that lady's dumb as a rock because
0: <laughs> Wait, also, like you gotta write to the guy that writes like, cartoon that draws cartoons. It's, it's like fine.
1: Ev- all of the other kid, only one kid thinks that the great pumpkin is coming, and all the other kids are like, You're a moron. Yeah, that's that's uh, you,
0: everybody's saying, <laughs> Fuck You, Linus, right? To his face, yeah,
1: like. Like the author of the strip and even most of the characters of the strip know the Great Pumpkin does not exist. And it is kind of like a, yeah, it's like a very, um, like, I don't know, a lot of really conservative um, churches do not, like really conservative Christian churches do not celebrate Christmas in America. Like if you're like, Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas right. Mm -hmm. Or there's some some other denominations that are just like, yeah, like why would you lie to your kid about Santa? Because then if you lie to your kid about Santa when they find out. That's what
0: happened to me. That's what you're happened to lying, me. And the whole then thing gonna was be like,
1: like, "Wait, are you lying about Jesus too?"
0: The whole thing was like, "All right, uh, I'm on to you." So it's all yeah, okay. It's like, as cute. a
1: child, as a child, you're like, "Yeah, the Holy Trinity. Jesus, God, Santa." Right. You pull Santa out, try to pull put in the Holy Spirit. Maybe never was never clear
0: what that even was, yeah. Uh To this day, uh, it wasn't
1: wasn't clear to the apostles either when they were yeah. up there in the in the higher room during Pentecost. Tim, let me tell you.
0: All right. Well, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, I went to youth group a lot. Sorry, I went to a lot, lot of youth group. Um, the yeah, it seems pretty clear that. I don't know. If you dig into The Great Pumpkin, it seems pretty clear that it's making fun of a lot of the Santa stuff. It rises yeah, up from the pumpkin patch. It rises up from the North Pole. It gives toys to every child on Earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't track. This one, right. That lady's funny.
0: Two great jokes. Number one opens with a fantastic joke. Linus and Lucy plays do 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 Who emerges from the house? Freaking Linus and Lucy. Awesome, off to a great start. Walk into the pumpkin patch. Linus is looking, oh, how about this pumpkin? Lucy's like, nah, how about this pumpkin? Nah. Gets this huge freaking pumpkin. Bring it back to the house. Lucy goes through a hole in the fence. Linus can't fit through. He has to roll it around. It's this whole thing. Um, And then uh, they get home. Lucy takes out a big knife, which I don't think Lucy should have access to a knife that big. I mean... Any of these kids, sure, 60s kids Lucy, will know. But,
1: 60s kids will know.
0: But Lucy, who's a certified oh, freaking a sociopath. Yeah. sociopath, should not have access mm, to a big knife, yeah. Um, well, cuts it open and starts scooping out the the seeds and Linus yells. It starts, it starts crying. It goes, I didn't know you were going to kill it. That, that, that was great. Great bit. Uh, yeah. Just right out then, of a Sunday strip.
1: Right exactly. out of a Sunday strip. Perfect punchline.
0: And then the other funniest joke, which Charles Schultz was against doing this three times. Uh-huh. He didn't want to make it a running joke when they were all out trick-or-treating. It's like, I got a candy bar. I got 35 cents. And then Charlie Brown goes, I got a rock. <laughs> that At least one
1: one-star Amazon review is for that.
0: Best joke in history. It's it's <laughs> diminished. It's it's diminished by being a, a running gag. They did it two more times, which the producers forced Charles Schultz to do. He knew what he was doing. You think it should have just been once, just once? Because every time I got a rock, it's like okay, I get it. It's now. It's I,
1: a, what if it was something worse each time?
0: Yeah, maybe. Like, like I got a, a, a
1: second time a dog turd. I'm not even gonna say what it should be the third time. Okay, but you know
0: a leg of lamb fed to him by Lucy.
1: Yep, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking that he was killed with. Yeah, exactly. Uh did you know what my one of my favorite parts of 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 it was when the credits rolled? Did you see what one of the main credits was for uh for the for the folks who worked no. on the, on the show was additional blandishment. <laughs> you don't All see right. that you don't see that credit a lot nah. in ho- in Hollywood. Additional blandishment.
0: There wasn't enough blandishment, so they had to bring in some blandishers. I'm not really sure what it is. I think
1: maybe it's just a joke about animating.
0: I don't know. But, but, I, but uh, maybe,
1: I mean, like, what isn't blandishment on a film set? Everything is blandishing. Yeah. You're just blandishing up the picture.
0: I mean, I and know, the 60s really were correct, weird. Maybe yeah. it was a real thing. This was before, like, a lot of, I don't know unionization in the film industry? I don't know. we just credit you with whatever. It's like, write your name down. We'll, don't worry, we'll put you in the credits somewhere. Huh. I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm spitballing here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing, all right. So they they cut to freaking Snoopy fly for fifteen freaking minutes, flying around on his doghouse, and then Schroeder. They get Schroeder, and I like Schroeder. He's the piano playing boy. Um, then yeah. he just plays World War One songs while Snoopy dances for like another five minutes.
1: Extremely missed opportunity to not get to one of the hearts of Peanuts. You know, most important stories, which is Lucy having a crush on Schroeder like yeah. every 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 you're gonna get through 26 minutes of this and we're gonna see bombed out France and not Lucy trying to kiss Schroeder yeah. I don't know
0: yeah foolish I, don't know. I mean everything every special doesn't need to have every storyline represented but um yeah um I did uh, it's uh, just the, the he, he was dancing and like then he got sad when he played a sad song and then got perked up when he played a happy song. It's like we, we get it. You know, the, it,
1: oh, the one ahead. other joke I could could have lost, you know what I is the that I because I just I feel bad for this kid. That's probably what Charles Schultz wants. But does Pigpen always have to be so dirty? I mean, he shows, Pigpen shows up in his ghost costume his, and he's so dirty.
0: His name is Pigpen, Andrew. Even I think he his, does always have to be so even dirty. Even through
1: his ghost co- costume, he's so dirty and smelly that everyone's like, hey, Pigpen. he's, and he's like, how do you know who I was? I
0: know, and he's so hopeful. He's like, nobody will ever recognize me here. And it's just like, you know, he was leaving his house. He's like, this is great. This is the one time they're not going to comment on, like, <sighs> oh, here comes that dirty kid. Because they're not going to know. I'm going to have a sheet over me.
1: <sighs> and, Poor I... I felt I felt bad for Big Pen. <sighs> I,
0: um I watched a little making of documentary and uh one of the producers was like, "Ah, Sally, the voice of Sally, a sweet little girl." Uh I forget her name. Uh, oh, Kathy Steinberg. Kathy Steinberg was great. Her mother calls me, she done uh, she done most of her lines. Her mother called me, she's got a loose tooth. And if she loses that tooth, I know she's going to have a lisp and she's going to ruin the whole picture. The whole picture is going to be uh, garbage. So they uh, called the recording studio like late at night at a Sunday night, made this poor little girl do all of her lines before her tooth fell out. And he's like, and on the very last line, her tooth shot out of her mouth, but we got it. And it was a classic performance.
1: That's a really heads up. Stage mom performance, yeah. Sta- like, I feel like if I was a stage mom, I would, I wouldn't be a good enough stage mom. I just sort of be like, tooth in, tooth out. Who cares, you know? It, if it's even cuter, if she has a lisp. That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. This stage mom was like, I'm going to be giving the producer like updates every half an hour about the state of my kid, and and it kept it kept her daughter in the picture.
0: You know, yeah. Kid stays in the picture. Uh, if you like the show find out more at tcgte.com uh follow us on all the things that's all at tcgte.com tom usually does the plugs andrew um so the only thing that i really know is um go to our patreon patreon.com complete guide um we have a whole thing there it's books the podcast you get an extra hour episode every week you get early ad free stuff hey it's all great um check that out andrew gregory Plug away. Well, Tim, if your fans
1: know me, they probably know me from making YouTube videos. My my brothers and I made Auto Tune the News. This summer, we made the song "It's Corn." You might have heard that on TikTok or YouTube. But uh, because you're listening to a podcast, I'm I'm going to plug my podcast. I've been posting a podcast with my brother Evan. It's called Punch Up the Jam. Every week, we listen to one of the greatest hits in the history of the world, and we talk about the song. We review it. Uh, we we talk about what we love. We talk about what we hate. And then at the end of it, we make a better version of that song. You've come on twice, Tim. You came twice? on and we talked about an Olivia Rodrigo song, mm-hmm. um, that also had some sort of Billy Joel crossover Long Island vibes. And you came on when I was on paternity leave. You did a, yeah, a Beach did Boys I song, Get right?
0: Around by the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah Beach Boys song. Yeah, hmm. good times. That Fantastic was good show. I, I, I listen on if paternity I, leave. Even if I was never on it, I'd still be listening <laughs> to it every week. So uh, go check that out. This sweet. this embarrassing. Andrew and i can i can say this now since we're in the last two minutes of the show um i'm glad you're doing this i appreciate you coming on i was under the impression that i was booking the, that that corn the, the corn kid um on the show the wires the got crossed the actual corn kid, I, yeah. I i yeah and you guys <laughs> did So I, I can see what happened there i've reached yeah. out to the I'm um, I mean, happy some, to have you here, but I thought, you know... Some
1: people have called It's Corn the song of the summer, but, you know, it really should be the song of the fall. You know, it's... The fall is the harvest season, you got pumpkins, you've got corn, you've got the spooky month of October. Yeah. You should have had... I mean, that's had, why, that's um, why gone. That's why You should have had Tariq on. I don't know if he's seen any scary movies, though. He's seven. He's <laughs> seven
0: has he seen uh The Dennis 2? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I yeah. pray.
1: I pray he never watches The Dennis 2.
0: <laughs> uh Andrew, thank you so much for for being on. Um yeah, uh go listen to Punch up the Jam. Go check it. I don't have to tell people to go sorry, check out the, the Gregory Brothers, but um do it. I don't know. Well, the, thanks for having me on. Tim. Yeah, it was a this real was pleasure. spooky as hell. This is spooky as fucking episode yet.
1: Charlie Brown's is so spooky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See you next week. Oh, just Tim. Yeah.
1: One more thing.
0: That was a headgum podcast.